Before we get started today, I think it's important to address what has been going on during these past few days. George Floyd's murder has sparked protests around the world, sparking more police violence and looting and the burning of businesses and government buildings. Peaceful protests and sports have brought about some awareness as high-profile athletes use their platform to put an emphasis on racial inequality and other issues the world faces today. Those protests have regularly been met with pushback, and even Colin Kaepernick found himself out of a job and was called an SOB by the current U.S. president. While many argue that these lootings and riots are the wrong way to go about things, I'd counter with cops given a slap on the wrist after killing another human being is equally the wrong way to go about things. If the looting and rioting gets you more upset than the unnecessary murder of individuals in the community, then this message probably fell on deaf ears. In closing, a message that resonated with me was a discussion between protesters in Atlanta and an African-American police officer. They urged him to root out corruption in the police force, and he responded with, one at a time. That must be our motto to help each other fight for equality. If we adopt this strategy, we'll see hearts change exponentially, or the people who don't see everyone as an equal will no longer have the power or platform to make themselves known. We all have a responsibility to make sure everyone's voice is heard, regardless of age, sex, or skin color. These moments will be taught in schools and talked about for years to come. I urge everyone listening to make sure that they are on the right side of history. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and we've got a great show for you today. Just me, no guests this week, but that's okay. We've got part five of the NFL Power Rankings breaking down, and then we're also going to do a little top 10 action because there is no guest. We're going to count down my top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And since we're not cutting to a guest, I guess we're just going to jump right into it. So for those of you who may have missed the past four weeks, I'm going to give you a rundown of the rankings so far. We're doing four at a time. We've, we're 16 through. Um, and if you want to hear the breakdown for each of these spots, you can go ahead and listen to the previous four episodes uh, and, and get all caught up before you before you get too mad at me for having these players where I've got them or these teams where I've got them. So let's start here. We'll just run it through. Uh, 32, Jacksonville Jaguars. 31, Detroit Lions. Then the Bengals, the Jets, the Panthers, the Redskins, the New York Giants, the Miami Dolphins, the Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, the LA Chargers, the Arizona Cardinals, Las Vegas Raiders, Pittsburgh Steelers, Houston Texans, and then the New England Patriots. So there you are. That is the bottom 16 uh, so far. And like I said, you can go back and, and listen to those episodes. And while you're at it, please give us a five-star review on on Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying what you're listening to so far, it just gives others an opportunity to check us out. Uh, and if they see a lot of people like it, then they're like, well, maybe we'll like it too. So if you're on Apple, if you're listening on an iPhone, listening on Apple Podcasts, really appreciate it if you did it. Obviously, five stars. And then add something. You know, Tell us a segment you want to hear on the show, a way we can get better, uh, or anything like that. Really, whatever. Or if you just want to say hi, that works too. Uh, but appreciate you joining us today. And let's get into the next four on this power ranking. First off, coming in at 16, we've got the LA Rams. So just two years ago, the Rams were in the Super Bowl. 
uh, and can only muster together three points, largely off the back of, of C.J. Anderson. I think that's not discussed about enough. Uh, obviously, that's a different topic for, for another day, but this past season, a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. It's something we see with a lot of these teams. Just couldn't really get it going. Jared Goff was not the same Jared Goff he was two years ago, and, and Todd Gurley was definitely not the same Todd Gurley he was two years ago, uh, or even three years ago especially, because that's really when he, he got things going. Um, that knee injury is is going to be something to monitor over these next few uh, years as he plays. But as far as ads go, they added Leonard Floyd. They re-signed a lot of guys, but weren't super busy in free agency. I think that was something that they they tried to keep guys in-house and, and run it back and, and get things going, but they couldn't sign everybody. Uh, in the in, From their team, they lost Dante Fowler, Greg Zuerlein, Brandon Cooks was traded to the Texans for a second rounder. They released Todd Gurley, and Corey Littleton was gone too. Uh, so a lot of movement, a lot of key pieces on that team that, that are now elsewhere. Uh, so that's something to monitor, definitely. In the draft, they drafted Cam Akers, a guy who is going to compete with, with Daryl Henderson for playing time and starting running back. Van Jefferson, a great piece, a great addition to the team, uh, and fills that Brandon Cooks role. And then a linebacker to, to replace Terrell Lewis. So here's the deal. This is where the Rams get tricky. I mean, if Jared Goff doesn't return to form from two years ago, they're stuck with a lot of money, paying a lot of guys, and not a lot left. Jalen Ramsey wants an extension. He said he's not going to make a big deal. He's going to come to training camp, all that sort of thing, which is massive news for the Rams. I think that's a very big deal for them uh, because they really they really can't afford, you know, if they have to work work things out and maybe delay it a little bit to, to find the salary cap to pay Jalen Ramsey, it'll be good to know that he'll be in training camp and, and working out with them. Uh, but, you know, Aaron Donald's got paid. Jared Goff got paid. These guys are going to be getting money. Cooper Cup's going to be up for an extension soon. Uh, and they're they're running out of time. So their window is closing. They luckily got Andrew Whitworth back, their left tackle, which was big. Um, but, yeah, they're running out of money. And if they don't get things going, their window is closing very quickly because the NFC West is, we've said it, the toughest division in football. No question about it. Uh, the Cardinals are are not too far behind them on this list. They're going to surprise a lot of people. They're going to lose a lot of games they shouldn't, um, but the 49ers were just in the Super Bowl. The Seahawks uh, are going to be great as well. So there's a, a lot of competition in that division. Uh, no Todd Gurley. We mentioned it. He got released, signed with the Falcons. There were some issues with the knee, and I think they didn't use him in the passing game as much last year, which kind of removed the security blanket for Todd Gurley. So be interesting to see if one of these running backs does take up that role, at least as pass catcher, because uh, that's going to help Jared Goff a whole lot. And finally, is Jared Goff the guy? You know, they paid him a lot of money, a lot of guaranteed money, and he's not been showing up. I mean, will they do they try and move him on the trade market, try and get something going to maybe free up some cap space and, and sign a quarterback in the draft? Because that, that's where it makes sense. You know, you, you got guys like Patrick Mahomes on the rookie deal. So you can pay Tyra Matthew, Tyreek Hill, Chris Jones, D Ford when they had him, all those guys. But the the longer you wait, Frank Clark, the longer you wait, the tougher it's going to be to, uh, especially with a quarterback salary, the way they get paid to to find some room. So that's that's the Rams there. Um, got him there at 16. Next up is maybe a surprise to some, but it's the Tennessee Titans. So in the offseason, they added Vic Beasley, who is one of my favorite moves. I think he's absolutely fantastic. This past season, 15th in, in pass rush win rate which is a big deal because we talked about it a couple weeks ago here when we had Bud Dupree on the podcast. Getting sacks isn't the end-all, be-all stat 
to manage or to to measure a linebacker or defensive end success. Their win rate is a big way to do it. What they do in space and coverage, also another big piece of the puzzle. So Vic Beasley's winning. He's winning at the line of scrimmage. It's just a matter of like with Bud Dupree. You're, you're back there every time. That's what his GM told him. You just got to finish. So Vic Beasley, get him on a one-year deal, very low risk, could be high reward. Uh, I really like that move, but losses. Jonu Smith turned into be a really good tight end, so they, they said, you know what? Delaney Walker is not a necessity anymore. Deion Lewis didn't want to pay him, let him go. Jarrell Casey was traded to the Broncos for, I think, a seventh rounder, and then Logan Ryan just hasn't been re-signed, you know, and they don't plan to. That, that's, that's the goal right now. Uh, in the draft, they also lost Jack Conklin. Forgot to mention that. Right tackle, big piece of their offensive line. Uh, but in the draft, they they re-upped that position a little bit, gotten a guy from Georgia, Isaiah Wilson, uh, big dude, athletic. He's going to fit right in and, and block the way they the style they need. They also picked up Christian Fulton to replace Logan Ryan, and then Darrington Evans to replace Deion Lewis. Now, I think Darrington Evans is a guy people aren't talking about a lot, but home run speed, very shifty. He's essentially a, a younger, cheaper Deion Lewis, which is exactly what the Titans were going for. Uh, and he's going to be a great compliment back to Derrick Henry. And I would not be surprised if he is used a lot more in that system because here's the deal. Der- Derrick Henry was franchise tagged. So you're getting to the point where they're saying, hey, we either need to cut down on his workload to extend his his you know career or we got to run him into the ground this year and then let him hit the market, which I think may be what, what happens unless they tag him again. Uh Running backs just don't last long in the league. We, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. Uh, I think Zeke's contract is ridiculous. 2025, $16.5 million, makes absolutely no sense, uh, especially because they're giving him the ball 300 times. It's just the way it goes, unfortunately. And under the salary cap rules, you have to be conservative with your money or you get stuck in a rut like the Rams did where they're caught up and they, they still owed uh, Todd Gurley, I think, 6 or $7 million even after they cut him for this year. So it's getting to the point where you have to be smart with your money or you're going to get burned. Uh, and the Titans are kind of delaying the process, waiting it out. Um, and, you know, guys, running backs, Todd Gurley, Zeke, they were proactive. They said, you know what, we got to secure long-term deals. We'll keep being effective. And, and that's how we're going to go about this. But they hadn't, you know, Derrick Henry's camp hasn't done that yet. And I think he may end up getting burned for it. How much is he going to be worth if he puts up a poor performance this year? Um, and, and that's part of the reason why I've got him at, at 15. Uh, Ryan Tannehill also signed a contract. Is he the guy? Four years, $118 million. How much was he the benefactor of that play action and having the leading rusher, Derrick Henry? And if he doesn't produce in the way he did before, how is Ryan Tannehill going to do? Uh, that's going to be interesting to see. They lost a lot of key veterans. They're trying to get younger, faster. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, sometimes it's worth keeping guys together to, to give it another go. Uh, a, a team just three years ago, the Jaguars, who are now dead last on this list, made it to the AFC Championship game with Blake Bortles, uh, and that defense was fantastic. And then they just fell off a cliff. I don't think the Titans are going to do that, but I am nowhere near ready to say they're going to win their division just because it's it's too difficult right now. I think there's uh, the AFC South is not awful. It's not terrible, but... The Titans are probably going to regress. All the guys that they've kept are uh, are just getting out of their prime or, you know, passed it by a couple years. So, yeah, the Titans probably not going to the AFC Championship game, but at 15, I've obviously got them as a fringe playoff team. They could sneak in uh, depending on how things shake out. But, yeah, here we go at 15. We've got the Tennessee Titans.
Now, at 14, we've got the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are another team like the Rams in this situation where they're paying guys a lot of money and they don't have a ton of money left to just mess around with, right? And and you can see that by their ads. They added Tajay Sharp and Michael Pierce, guys to replace uh, Tajay Sharp, obviously to replace Stephon Diggs and Laquan Treadwell, and Michael Pierce to replace Linval Joseph, uh, who signed with the Chargers. But losses, I mean, they cut Xavier Rhodes, Laquan Treadwell signed with the Vikings, cut Everson Griffin. Trey Waynes is gone, signed with the Bengals. Stephon Diggs was traded, Linval Joseph. Um, a lot of movement on that team, a lot of veteran pieces that they had to get rid of to free up space, and that's that's how it goes. Uh, Anthony Harris, I know they were talking about either trading him. He wants a long-term deal, um, but that secondary is owed a lot of money. They cut two guys, Xavier Rhodes. Well, they cut Xavier Rhodes, and, and Trey Waynes walked in free agency, but they didn't re-sign those guys for a reason. You know, Anthony Davis, he may be on the trade market, who knows how much value he'll get, but they're they're unloading fast. And I think they did a good job in the draft. They got Justin Jefferson, Jeff Gladney, two pieces that'll fit right in, plug in right away. Ezra Cleveland, a guy who may sit a little bit, not an awful piece, but not one of my top guys in in the tackle group, uh, and definitely not ahead of Josh Jones as far as as far as talent goes. So we'll see how they use him. Maybe kick him inside the guard for for the time being. That's where. I think a lot of tackles that aren't ready to go right away, they put him in at guard and kind of get him set up. I mean, he's a big body. He'll move guys around. Um, but as things stand, the Vikings have a, a good shot in the NFC North. I mean, the Bears are 24th. The Lions are 31st in my power rankings. So I don't expect them to be making too much noise. And we'll get to the Packers in a bit. I haven't gotten to them yet. But there's a lot of questions that they still have to answer. So it's it's coming down to, you know, this may be wide open and, and winning the NFC North is going to be their key to to trying to make a run in the playoffs because they're in a similar situation with the Rams where it's one or two years realistically barring, you know, unless they they get a complete overhaul and and find a lot of talent here in a short amount of time, they're going to be stuck with something, you know, and and they've got to make it work in these next two years uh, or risk having to start all over again and and hoping they get lucky in the draft. Um, Next question here is who is wide receiver two? Is it Tajay Sharp? Is it Justin Jefferson? Are they going to run Jefferson in the slot? That's where he played primarily at LSU, obviously put up big numbers this past season. Seems like the perfect guy for Kirk Cousins to throw to. Uh, nice security blanket mixed in with Kyle Rudolph and obviously Adam Thielen. So I think that's a good group there. They tried to, to fit some stuff in with Ezra Cleveland and supply that offensive line with more talent. We'll see if that's enough to keep Kirk Cousins upright. And obviously Dalvin Cook. I mean, he missed... A season with ACL injury, so he's going to be coming up for an extension soon. Do they pay him? How much gas does he have left in the tank? Um, but it's it's a lot of veterans, which is a good thing as far as leadership and and talent and experience goes. But uh, veterans are paid more money naturally, so it's something that they're going to need to be aware of and and watch for here in these next few uh, in these next few years, and obviously coming into this year. But this year is very very important to them. Uh, and finally, here we go. So it's Vikings at fourteen. Our, our last team for this week is the Denver Broncos at 13. Now, I'm going to be 100% honest. I think there is a chance, and I love the Broncos. I think everyone's talking about the Cardinals, uh, but the Broncos are the team that realistically are going to make that jump into the playoffs this year and are going to be that young, exciting team. And granted, there's a chance they turn out to be last year's Bron- uh, Browns, where there was a ton of hype around them, a ton of expectations, and they just failed to love up, live up to it. I think there's a chance that happens, but 
I think it's a solid group of guys. I think the offensive line is better than the Browns had, and I think that's what puts them over the top. I mean, as far as ads go, these guys were incredibly busy. Melvin Gordon, Jarrell Casey traded from the Titans, A.J. Bouye from the Jaguars, and then Nick Vanette, they signed. Uh, they lost Chris Harris and Connor McGovern. And then in the draft, absolutely nuts. Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, guys that are going to play right away. K.J. Hamler, a guy who I thought, personally, I have him better than than the, the TCU wide receiver that the, that the Eagles took in the draft this year. Jalen Rager, I literally couldn't even think of his name for a second there. Um, but same same play style, I think a better catcher, similar route running, similar speed, all that sort of thing. But he's he's better better hands, and that's what puts him over the top for me. And I was surprised he was here in the second round. I thought he was going to go a lot higher. Um, but you pair that with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. I mean, that's arguably a top five wide receiver trio in the league right now. I think I genuinely think it is. They're going to all play right away. They're all going to make a difference. We know what Cortland Sutton can do. Um, and then you've got a guy like Drew Locke, who the Browns or the the Broncos, excuse me, really lucked into. It felt like last year they they got their guy Noah Fant at ten, and then they were able to get Drew Locke in the second round, which was absolutely fantastic for them. Couldn't have been better. Um, and then Lloyd Cushenberry, a guy who will probably replace Connor McGovern, maybe play some center, maybe play um, guard. He'll rotate, probably at least be a rotational guy, if not crack the starting lineup right away, which I I, I genuinely believe he will. Um, but here's the deal. It all comes down to how Drew Locke plays. I mean, we mentioned, I mentioned the offensive line is better, but Baker Mayfield, we expected bigger things from, better things from last year, didn't deliver. And that was ultimately their their failure. You know, success or failure in this league falls to the quarterback. That's just simply what it comes down to. And if Drew Locke is not the same guy that went 5-1 and one at the end of last season, got, got teams a lot of excited, uh, then they're going to struggle. It's plain and simple as that. Uh, a lot of expectations, I think. You know, they. I may call them a sleeper, but honestly, teams or, or uh, analysts expect them to make the playoffs, and for good reason. I mean, the defense is fantastic. Von Miller's still there, obviously, uh, quarterbacking the defense. As far as all the, even all the other talent they added, Jarrell Casey, AJ Bouye, uh, on top of who they've already got out there, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, wide receiver core, I mentioned, top three in the league. But that's where the tricky part comes. And they signed Melvin Gordon. They already have Philip Lindsay. They've got Noah Fant. They've got those three wide receivers. Will everyone get enough touches? Will everyone be happy with the way things are played? And I think that's going to be a key thing. Will we see? I mean, I don't know a lot of these guys to be uh, strong personalities, you know, outspoken guys. But if they're not getting enough touches, I mean, we saw Melvin Gordon last year with the contract hold on. And I understand that's different because we're talking money and he got paid by the Broncos. But if things don't go his way, it just takes one one piece, one one weak link in the chain to upset the balance. So that's the thing. Will they get enough touches? And if Drew Locke turns out to be the guy and he continues to grow into this season, who knows where they'll be? I mean, at least playoffs, but if not further. So there you go. Those are my four teams this week. Be sure to check up, check in next week where we go 13 to 10. And then we're three weeks away from, from under... Uh, from unveiling those top four teams and and ultimately getting to number one. So be sure to stick around for that. You don't want to miss it. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. And then who knows what we're going to count down after that. We'll have to figure it out, Uh, but definitely excited. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, like I said, we're counting down the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Don't go anywhere. Now, I know there's not going to be 100% agreement with this list. Um, Obviously, 
it's something that that should be debated and I'll be putting it up on my my Instagram we'll post the the list once we drop the episode so if you see something that you're like man I don't know why you've got this guy here like or you're missing this person he needs to be in your top 10 uh, I urge you to reach out obviously love having conversations and debates and that's really the only thing we can do while sports are are making their way back after the coronavirus so I urge you guys reach out. I love hearing from you guys uh, and, and interacting. It's a lot of fun. I very much enjoy it. But let's get into this top 10 list. And coming at number 10 is Matt Ryan. Now, I know I said the buck stops with the quarterback. I think I said it literally just three minutes ago. Um, but it's, it's important to you know, not forget about guys that are also doing a pretty good job of keeping their team afloat. Obviously, the Falcons did not make the playoffs. But Matt Ryan is a former MVP who, although he lost Austin Hooper, still has Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, and they just got Todd Gurley. And in case you forgot, he threw for 26 touchdowns and 4,500 yards this past season. Uh, I think he's going to make a nice comeback, obviously having Todd Gurley, and if they utilize him in the passing game, uh, which is something that Devontae Freeman did not do a ton, I think that's going to help him out a lot. And he should have a nice bounce back year, and hopefully it's a bounce back year for Atlanta. You know, I don't really know, but obviously he is a solid player. They made the Super Bowl. He's a former MVP, like I mentioned. Uh, so he's he's obviously not done yet, I don't think. And then at number nine is a guy who probably should have won MVP a couple years ago, if not for an ACL injury. It's Carson Wentz. Now, he's had a lot of injury trouble in the past, but from a talent standpoint, you can't argue with the results. Like I said, almost an MVP a couple years ago. Team went to the Super Bowl. And although he wasn't the quarterback during that run, he put them in that position. You know, it was really his doing uh, that got them in that that first round bye. And after that, Nick Foles just took over and is put together one of the best runs by a backup quarterback. I think we'll probably ever see in history, uh, not named Tom Brady, of course. But this past season, 27 touchdowns, 4,000 yards. And he was doing it where every every guy on his team was, was hurt. You know, it was Greg Ward and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Zach Ertz that were catching passes, and Dallas Goddard too, that were catching passes, and that was it. The offensive line was banged up, the defense was banged up, and eventually Carson Wentz went out in the in the wild card, but he made it to the playoffs. He really put the team on his back, and I think that's something that, that you can't argue, and because of that, because he brought the team into the playoffs and played at a high level, he's here at number nine. Now, number eight, I know is going to surprise people. I know it for a fact, uh, but let me explain here. Number eight is Kyler Murray. Okay, so he showed a lot of development. He was playing behind a terrible offensive line, not great wide receivers, not great targets, and he only got a half a year of, of Kenyon Drake, so only a half a year of a solid running game. But he still put up pretty good numbers. 20 touchdowns, 500 rushing yards, about 3,000 passing. But they went out and got DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason, which is going to help them a bunch. They also got Isaiah Simmons, which is going to help their defense, along with Buda Baker, Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones, um, you pair that Larry Fitzgerald's coming back. They've got so many good pieces. Keyshawn Johnson, uh, Andy Isabella. This is a really good, really underrated offense. And I talked about it in the power rankings. They're going to win games they shouldn't, and they're going to lose games they shouldn't. But Kyler Murray may throw for 4,000 yards and 500 yards rushing. I have him right now, and this may be a spoiler. I don't know if I was keeping this a secret or not, but I've got him as my offensive player of the year. I don't think there's going to be enough team success to win the MVP award because you know that goes hand in hand. But He's going to surprise a lot of people this year. He's very mobile, surprisingly accurate uh, for for being this young and a guy who you know obviously wasn't expected to play quarterback. Very young in his quarterback career. This is only technically his second full season. Obviously, uh, his senior year starting at Oklahoma, but a lot of things to love about Kyler Murray, and he's here at number eight. 
Number seven, a guy we already talked about here just a couple minutes ago, it's Tom Brady. He has some incredible weapons. Uh, and whether or not you think he's ready for a drop-off or you know he's going to fall off the edge, get, uh, get suffer an injury, whatever the case may be, he threw for 4,000 yards last year, which is an impressive effort considering he was doing a lot of those passes to Julian Edelman, right? And now he goes to a team that has Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin, uh, Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Brait. I mean, the, the targets are fantastic. Absolutely great. The offensive line got better, so he's going to have a better offensive line than he had in New England. Uh, better receivers that he had in New England. Maybe not a better defense, but he doesn't play defense, you know, so that doesn't really matter too much. Uh, but I think part of it has to do with the weapons is why he's here at seven. But regardless, we know what Tom Brady can do. We know what he's done in his career, and I like to think he's not done yet. Here at number six, we've got Drew Brees. Completed 75% of his passes this season. I mean, he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history, and his team got better. Obviously, he suffered an injury which is maybe why I've got him here at six. Will he be able to, you know, is this his last season? Is he coming into the the close of his career? Uh, but regardless, they added Emmanuel Sanders. Michael Thomas broke uh, the receptions record this past season. So you know he's going to be catching a ton of passes, but now he's got more targets to throw to. And in 11 games, still threw 27 touchdowns and 3,000 yards. That was very solid. Uh, but the biggest concern is injury. What he does on the field when he's healthy not a question, but can he stay on the field and will he be at a high level for the whole season? That remains to be seen. Next up at number five is a guy who has been carrying his team for a number of years. It's Deshaun Watson. Last season, 26 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, 67% completion percentage, which is very surprising uh, when you combine everything that he does. He's a magician. He can evade sacks. I mean, we saw his incredible uh, sack evade when they played the Bills, which set up a, a game-winning a score for them in the playoffs after he put together a nice comeback. I mean, these, what the guy does is absolutely incredible. And he was repaid that uh, by the Texans trading away his number one receiver and signing two guys that were not good. And we've talked about it, just uh, terrible moves. It doesn't make any sense, but there's no denying Deshaun Watson's talent. And he's got a lot of potential. And I don't think he's reached his ceiling even yet. You know, you, we'll see what he does this year, but if they make the playoffs, if the Texans are anywhere near successful, I guarantee Deshaun Watson is going to be the number one catalyst uh, and the guy and the driving force behind that success. Number four, Aaron Rodgers. We know what he can do, you know, and, and even when his receivers went down, he's still putting up numbers, 26 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, only four picks, one of which went to a guy we had in the podcast a couple weeks ago, Amani Oruwarie. Be sure to go check that out if you haven't. Really great interview with him. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers does a fantastic job. You know, he, he has so few weapons on the field and his team drafted his his backup, his potential replacement, which you know is going to light a fire under him. I think he's only going to play better and he's only going to improve uh, this coming year because he knows he's got some serious competition behind him. But what he does with the ball is absolutely incredible. He has the best top five arm talent of all time. And I don't I don't think that's an argument. I don't think that's a debate. I, I think I'm merely stating a fact at this point with what he's able to do, the throws he's made in his career. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, number four, it's Aaron Rodgers. Number three is the MVP. It's Lamar Jackson. So his running game has become a key integral part of his passing game. Obviously, the arm talent needs to improve. That's something we've talked about before uh, for, you know, since the beginning of the season, even before he went on, went on this tear and won MVP. But Teams are going to catch up. Teams are going to be able to slow him down on the run. 
Now it's going to be a matter of what can he do to make them respect the pass even more. He threw 3,000 yards this season, 66 completion percentage, and 36 touchdowns. So you know he can put up numbers, but I want to see more tight window throws. I want to see more throws, deep throws on the run, uh, things that will separate him. Because right now, at this point, I can't put him any higher than three. I think that's I think he's a very talented player, but these two guys above him, and I'm pretty sure everyone knows who it is I'm talking about are simply very impressive on making throws, creating, uh, and and being able to to put his team in a position to win every time. Lamar Jackson still hasn't won a playoff game. That's something that we haven't talked about as much as we should, uh, but I think it's a real concern for for guys that are you know ready to crown him the face of the league. He's got to he's got to win. That's plain and simple. It doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. If you can't put up numbers in the playoffs, you're gonna have a serious problem. Uh, number two, a guy who I think is disgustingly underrated, and it's crazy because he's thrown 30 touchdowns his past three seasons. Super Bowl champion, it's Russell Wilson, right? Like I, the disrespect just doesn't make sense to me. People seem to forget about what he's capable of. Uh, I talked about it a little bit ago. I posted a tweet uh, talking about how bad the defense was. I think they ranked 25th or worse in like yards, yards per play, points per game, uh, sacks generated, all that stuff, and yet they were still an inch away from being the number one seed, I think, the number one seed in the NFC. number It was one or two, uh, but that was largely to do with what Russell Wilson has done. And I think DK Metcalf's going to get better this year. They signed Greg Olson. If they can get the running game uh, put together, they're going to be very dangerous. Now, their, their defense is a different story, but I've got Russell Wilson winning MVP this year. I think I've mentioned that before, uh, but I just want to say that as many times as I can because I genuinely think... This guy is going to make a massive difference in the league this year. He hasn't received an MVP vote in his career, which is crazy to me. He's thrown for 30 touchdowns and 4,000 yards, I think two or three times. Uh, but there always seems to be a guy better than him. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But this year is the year where people realize, wait a minute, Russell Wilson is really good, and he's a top two quarterback in this league. Uh, but finally, number one, no surprise, former MVP, current Super Bowl champion, current Super Bowl MVP, it's Patrick Mahomes. You know, he threw for 50 touchdowns in his second season, had a, a, an injury that knocked him out for a couple games here this season, but followed it up by winning the Super Bowl anyways. 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, gets to play with Andy Reid as his coach, gets to throw to Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Mecole Hardman, Travis Kelsey, hand the ball off to Damian Williams, uh, but really... He, uh, a team is only as good as its quarterback, and their quarterback is really good. The throws he's able to make on the run, in the pocket, no look, uh, behind the back, left hand, whatever you want him to do, he's been able to do it. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, and I think as long as they've got them him on the team, they're going to be in a position to succeed. And now I know they were talking about a contract extension here in the next few weeks, and apparently it's like nothing we've ever seen before. If he gets paid $45 million, $50 million, He's 100% worth it. I can't tell you a team in the league that would not pay him $50 million to be their quarterback because he's just that good, and it's that simple. I think the gap between uh, between one and two, those two guys, Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes, is very, it's, it's far. I think it's, it's, it's a pretty big gap. Like They are on an island on their own, uh, but I've got Patrick Mahomes right now ahead of Russell Wilson. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. If you had questions or you wanted to argue about my top 10, you can find us on Instagram at not going to lie podcast or on Twitter at podcast NGL. We're going to be posting those. We want to debate you. Let's talk about it. Uh, and if you guys like this, let me know, give me a five-star review on Apple podcast. Say, you know what? We want more top tens. 
uh, when there's no guests. Obviously, have to have something to fill the time. So hopefully next week we'll get a guest for you. We've got a couple potential ones lined up. But yeah, the, the next few weeks, we're going to finish up the power rankings, and I think we'll power rank divisions. And then we'll go game by game with each team uh, and their schedule, talk about their wins and losses, what I've got, because I already have it done. Everything's all mapped out. I've got the the seedings for the playoffs. I've got the division winners, the wild card guys, and I even have the Super Bowl winners. But I'm not going to put it out yet because I want to think about it a little bit more, uh, kind of go over it and, and double check, and then we'll put it out. But before the season starts, we'll have every division, every single game played, covered, my predictions there, uh, and then we'll, we'll eventually end up with the Super Bowl champion. But thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.